Frank, hello. Um, this is Thad Lanthrop, and we're going to be talking with him today a little bit about um, how God has used circumstances in his life to shape his perspective and um, give him kind of direction and really showing him what his purpose is in life. Thad is a graduate of University of Oklahoma recently, um, business management degree, son of Randy and Cindy. You may have seen them around here before. And uh, so let's get started. That you played baseball your whole life, pretty much, and uh, you wanted to play in college. When did you realize that that was something that you wanted to do? Yeah, well, I, I've been playing baseball since I was about four years old, and and really just as I started to get older and think about what I wanted to do in my life, I thought, well, you know, I like baseball, and and I seem to be, you know, somewhat good at it. So um, that would be something that I want to do later on in life. Okay, good deal. And what led you to pursue that dream, and when did you start realizing that there may be doors opening in that direction of baseball? When I was in middle school, I started to uh, play for a team that had, had sent a lot of players on to play in, in college, and the coaches really encouraged me and said, you know, if you keep developing and, and growing uh, in your baseball, then you could probably um, play in college. And, and so that really started to, to lead me to pursue it. Um, and, and work harder at it. And then um, in, uh, starting in high school, I, started, I continued to develop, and my, I had a really good sophomore season, and, and so some uh, colleges in the area started to look at me. Good. So good sophomore season. And then your junior year, something happened, which really caused you to kind of rethink the whole purpose and direction of the, the baseball uh, pursuit, right? Yeah. Um, in the beginning of my junior year in the fall, I was in a weightlifting class, and um, I was doing some squats, and, and I felt something tweak in the back of my leg, and, and so um, that caused us to go check it out, and we went to the doctors, and at first they thought it was a hamstring injury, and so started rehabbing for that, and um, when I was doing that one day, um, I was doing leg, exten leg extensions where you sit down and you try and extend your legs all the way out, and um, I, I was trying to do that, and I got my legs to about here, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't go any farther up, and so... Uh, that's when the doctors figured out it was my back that was the problem. Um, and so uh, we went to another doctor who had a sports, uh, uh, sports background. And, and I was, at this point, I was still real hopeful that it would be a minor surgery and I can get back to playing. And, and so we went to him, and, and uh, he really he said it's not going to be a minor surgery. And, and he was more concerned just with my uh, daily living, getting that back to normal where I wasn't in so much pain. And so that's when... Uh, the dream of, of baseball started to really become, okay, maybe not. Okay. And what, uh, how did you feel at the time about walking away from this dream, and uh, what got you through it? Um, yeah, it was, it was hard to, to really let go of that, the dream. Um, I'm a competitive guy, and so I had set this goal that I wanted to uh, play college baseball. And so really just to let go of that, I... I didn't want to admit that I couldn't, I guess, in a way. And so, um, but something that got me through that was um, right after that doctor's appointment, a friend came over and, and said, basically, you have two, two options. You can really um, just sit around and mope about this and, and be upset, or you can really trust God with, with the outcome and, and, and try and figure out what he's trying to do through it. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think God was saying through this closed door? Um, it, it was... It was really clear that God was saying, trust me, um, for one. And, and really just, I feel like God was saying uh, that you need to trust me through this even though you don't know what's going on and what, uh, what's going to happen through this. 
And so um, some, some ways that I felt like God was really telling me that was just through some friends just challenging my perspective to really um, trust God with this, this area. And, and just one, one person said that, you know, if God's allowing this to happen to you now, just think about what, what could be what he could be doing, preparing you for in the future. And so really not looking at, um, just looking at it from that perspective instead of just the here and now of, oh, man, I'm going, I'm going through this tough time. And, and also there's some, some Bible verses, and one of them was Isaiah 41.10, um, where it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He just really spoke to me through that. And, and now... You know, I mentioned you just graduated from college. What direction are you headed now as far as life goes, and what doors do you see opening uh, to the new direction that you're heading? Yeah, I'm, uh, at the end of the week, I'm moving to Fort Worth, Texas, and um, I will be doing graduate school there and getting a job so I can support myself so my parents don't have to anymore. <laughs> and um, so I'll be, I'll be doing that, and I really feel like God, through the whole back surgery, is really just... Uh, really said that um, I want you to plant a church. Um, and, and how he's just said that is as I've just grown in, in my uh, trust in him through the whole experience, um, God just got a hold of me one day and, and I, I said, you know, God, I'll do whatever whatever it is that, that you have for me. And um, he just said, I want you to plant a church. And so um, through not playing baseball, I've had a, more opportunities to do other things. And that, that's really been his purpose um, for my life, and, and one of those was last summer I got to, I got to uh, go to Central Asia, and, and there I was able just to share life with people, and, and um, God just used that time to really mold my perspective that he's, he's at work all over, and he's, he's going to be at work wherever I go, and he'll be there before and after me, and so um, that just has really just strengthened me and, and encouraged me in, in my pursuit of wanting to plant a church someday. Very good. All right. Thank you, Zach. We've been looking at uh, the book of Acts, digging into the uh, book to particularly to figure out how God got this whole Christian movement started, how he got things rolling, and then to learn lessons about what that means for us because he got it launched in the first century, but we get in on it as well. The adventure continues for us as we set out to to follow the Lord. So we've been looking at different snapshots, primarily in, we've been walking through chapters one and two, and then we've been looking at different snapshots about what we can learn uh, in terms of following God and what our role is in the world today as a church and as individual Christians. Um, way back, this is the wrap-up message of this series. Way back at the beginning, we looked at Jesus' statement in Acts 1.8, how he said that we're to be witnesses. If you sign on to follow Christ, then you become a witness, a person who testifies about what Jesus has done in your own life and what scriptures say he's done for, for everyone uh, in, in the world who will uh, accept him into their life. So uh, that's our assignment. We start right where we are. God, God's put you and I where we live, given us the job we have, 
provided us with the family that, that we live in and the friends we have. And he wants us to start right where we are to begin to witness, to testify to them about the difference that Jesus makes in your life. And then the hope is that in ever-widening circles, we begin to, to help others come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, today we're going to look at how as we fulfill the purpose on a large scale and in our daily lives, what it takes to follow God, how we follow God, how he leads us, how we're to look for the open door of opportunity. Think about this quote I came across this week in some reading. Just just think about it for a minute. Life is a window of opportunity in an eternal existence. That's a quote by Jim Peterson. Life's a window of opportunity in an eternal existence. You know, I didn't come up with that because it's so eloquent. Okay, but but it's really good. It's it's this is the perspective that you find in scripture. The window opens when you're born and it closes when you're di- when you die. And in between those two moments, you have some choices. You have a window of opportunity. And God is hoping that in that window of opportunity, you and I will choose to connect with him. It's not automatic. But he's hoping that as he's given us life, that we'll, through our life, we'll go through it and we'll, we'll have some ups, we'll have some downs, we'll have some joys, we'll have some frustrations, some struggles. But what he's hoping is that through it all, we will connect with him. We will choose to turn around from going our own way, which is what we've all decided to do, Scripture says, and begin to follow him. God doesn't force us into a relationship with him. He doesn't shove us in the direction he wants us to go. But he allows us. He's given us this gift of life, this window of opportunity. And in the context of our lives, he wants us to search out for him and find him and commit our life to follow him and, and become one of his people. So God is hoping that this opportunity of life uh, will will make, take the, make the most of and choose a relationship with him. Look at Acts 17. This is what we see going on there in Acts 17, 24 through 27. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. God put you and I in our neighborhoods, in our families. And this is his hope. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. So that is the number one thing God wants us to do with this window of opportunity that we call life. He wants us to reach out for him and find him. And we've looked at the message that the the early Christians shared that Jesus Christ is the way that you connect with God. What he's done on the cross and his resurrection from death 
has paved the way for us to connect with God. And if we accept what he's done to pay the penalty for our sin, we can have life in him. It's at that point when you decide to follow Christ, when you, when you make the decision to give your life to him, to go his way and to live life for, for his purpose, that's when the adventure begins. When you find God and you commit to do life his way, to follow Christ as Lord, you commit to his purpose for your life. And one thing that I found is life only makes sense in the context of God's purpose for my life. When I, I started, I committed my life to Christ when I was a preteen. Uh, and at, at the first, I began to try to make sense of scriptures and make sense of following God as I pursued my own dreams and my own things that I wanted to do in life. And it didn't quite click. Things didn't always make sense. And, and the, the picture I have in my mind is, um, you know, you have this jumbled page of words and just like, or you have these letters that are stuck on a page. And, and the picture I have is Christmas story, you, you know, a Christmas story with Ralphie, the little kid. I don't know if you've seen it, but he, he needs, he's got, he's got this, uh, this secret message he's got to decode and he sends off for the, the, the code and he's waiting, waiting, waiting and he gets the code finally and he can unjumble the letters and he sees the message and of course it's an advertisement. Ovaltine. It's an advertisement for Ovaltine. So he's, he's very disappointed. But for some reason, that's the picture I have in my mind. Life is jumbled, circumstances, things are going haywire. And the only way we can make sense of them is to have the right code, the right lens that we're looking at things through. The only way it's going to make sense is if you give yourself to God's purpose. If you're living for your own purpose, if you're going your own way, it's not going to make sense. But as you get into Scripture, that, that your heart being committed to fulfill God's purpose unlocks things. You begin to understand what's going on. And the things that are going on in your life begin to make sense as you get into the scriptures, find out what God says, and then live for him. So the only way that we're going to be able to decipher what God's doing in our lives is to give ourselves to his purpose. He begins to lead you on an adventure as you live for the mission that he's assigned to us. So here now we're on the page. I've been off the page. Sorry. Now we're getting on the page. You have a listening guide. We're about to, to head on through that. The Lord's direction on a larger scale comes as we aim to fulfill God's purpose over following your own dream. Here's a very clear statement from Acts on our purpose after you've committed your life to Christ. Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. It's okay to dream about your future. We all have dreams. I'm 50, which I'm told is the youth of old age. Um, actually, I read it in a book by George Barna. It's the youth, youth of old age. I don't, I don't know if that's very encouraging, but anyway, I'm some kind of youth. But I, I have dreams. I have ideas about the way I'd like my life to turn out. And, and when we're younger, we have dreams. And, you know, you may dream of being a, an actor, a, a writer, a, 
a politician, a dancer, an athlete. You may want a certain kind of job. You may want a family to come together in a certain way. We have ideas about the way we want life to go, and that's, that's okay. That's okay, as long as they're honorable. Uh, but it's important to follow your dream with an open hand to God. Uh, remember, direction will come as you aim to fulfill God's purpose with your life. As you close your hand around your own dream, you're going to be frustrated and you're not going to see what God is doing. So it's very important to move forward with an open hand to God. Perseverance is going to be necessary. There are going to be setbacks as you follow any kind of pursuit of a future or the dream or whatever. Um, but be careful that you aren't writing a script where you're the star. I, I tend to do this. And in my future, I'm always the star. If I'm thinking about it, you know, I, it turns out the way I want it to. Everything falls into place. And man, I look really good. And so we have to be careful as we think about our future, as we pursue what God, what is God doing here? We can learn some some important lessons from uh, the early believers as they as God worked in them and through them and in the church. And as he directed to open doors and closed doors, we can learn from them. A key truth that you learn is you can fulfill your purpose before God, no matter what you're doing for a career or no matter what, what what's going on, as long as it's honorable. You, you can. But you're likely also, my experience has been, you're likely to hit a crossroad where you have to answer this question. What is more important to me? My purpose or God's purpose? My dream or his? More, more than likely, you're going to hit a spot where you're going to have to answer that question. And it's important, if you're going to understand what God's doing in your life, it's important to, to set your heart to do His will, to fulfill His purpose. It's the only way that the Bible makes sense. It is the only way that things begin to come together for you. I, I was pursuing baseball as well at one time, and... Um, I went to Baylor University to play baseball in college. I had talked to the coach. He had said if I went there, then uh, he, uh, he would give, give me a scholarship if I, played, if I made the team. And uh, <clears throat> you, you'll detect a theme in my family. Thad wanted to do baseball. God redirected him. I wanted to do baseball. God redirected me. I'm pitching to Thad that if God gives him a son, that we don't even go there. Just, you know, enjoy Little League. <laughs> Maybe God's not in that, but we'll see what God does. Um, anyway, I was, I was at Baylor, going to play baseball. I had ignored God, didn't check in with him. I was already following him, already actually committed to do full-time ministry. Um, and I ignored him, pushed on, because I was trying to drag God in on my dream. I, was, I wasn't willing to let it go. So I was dragging him along, and um, if I had continued on that path, some very important things wouldn't have happened in, in, in my life. I, I got back on another path that I think God was in, and I met Cindy, and I met some guys who really shaped my and Cindy's perspective in terms of ministry and walking with God. And some very, very important things that happened that, 
that would not have happened if I didn't get the redirect from God. And so we've got to pursue life. If you're following God and you want things to make sense, you follow his purpose for you, not your own dreams. You leave those with an open hand. Uh, this is what Paul's saying, that God will give direction and power to do his will, not to follow your dreams. That's what he's saying in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He strengthens us to do what he wants. But, but if we check out and go our own way, there is no strength from him. <clears throat> We're on our own strength. Second key to understanding God's direction on a larger scale is to trust that God is working in spite of adversity. Um, we're going to look at Acts 8. Acts 7, uh, the, the opposition to early Christianity was trying to stamp out the church with threats and executions. And so in Acts 7, one of the key leaders in the church, Stephen, was, was executed. And um, you read here in verse 8, just immediately following his death, it says, Saul was there giving approval to his death. That's Saul who became Paul. Uh, their strategy was to persecute the church to try to stamp out this movement of Christianity. It says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. And he wasn't destroying church buildings. There were no church buildings. He was destroying people because the church is, is the people that make it up. So he was trying to take people out. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. The early enemies of Christianity were trying to squash the movement through threats and executions. But the interesting thing is, even in the midst of that extreme adversity, God scattered the church and fulfilled his purpose. Remember the, the assignment given in Acts 1.8? We will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. And so the persecution scattered and in spite of the opposition, fulfilled God's purpose for the church. You see... As you live your life, many, you're going to hit many points where you can't see what God's doing. You're frustrated. There's struggles. I mean, really very, very hard times. And at ground level, you're not going to be able to understand what God's doing. But if you could see at 30,000 feet, you would know that God is at work. And he, he has a purpose that he's going to fulfill in spite of the adversity, and even through sometimes the adversity that you're going through. So our response is to trust him with it. We have to trust him in the middle of the rough times. In the meantime, we trust and we walk by faith until God gives us a glimpse from 30,000 feet. That may not come till, till life's over, but we will see. We will see what God's done. Most of the time it comes after the trouble passes, we begin to look back and we realize, oh, that's what you are doing. My boy, in the moment, I don't. So if, if you're going through some tough times, if you're going through adversity, trust God and walk by faith through it, realizing that he uses adversity, he uses tough times, and he weaves it all into his purpose for our lives as we learn to trust him. The final key 
to seeing the doors that God is opening is to refuse to let circumstances rule. Um, sometimes we say to ourselves, I'm, I'm going to follow this path until God closes the door. Um, that's one strategy that people have for making a decision about what God wants. Well, hey, I have the opportunity. The door's open. I'm walking through it until God shuts the door. Um, then I'm going to push through. We have to be careful that we don't abdicate our responsibility to make the decision, though. We have to listen to God in the midst of our circumstances. We shouldn't let circumstances rule. Because my experience is doing right means facing some adverse circumstances and very hard times. Um, But anyway, uh, be careful to set your heart on doing what God wants you to do and listen. Sometimes God speaks and tells you to continue in spite of an apparent closed door. Acts 18, it's an interesting situation. Um, Paul, Paul had been persecuted. He had Saul, the guy that was there at Stephen's death, came to Christ and became one of the major leaders in Christianity. And he, as he began to share the message and testify and witness to Christ, he himself came under threat of death many, many times. And so as he would go to a city, um, many times there'd be persecution breakout. He was stoned. He was, he was uh, beaten. And he would leave the city. But here in this instance, something interesting happens. It says, when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack you and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. In verse 12, you find out the opposition was still trying to come up with a strategy to drive them out, persecute them. But God spoke to Paul and said, in spite of that, stay here. Stay here, even though it looks bad right now. So we have to listen to God. As as we're dealing with the circumstances of life, don't let them rule you. Listen to God and to what he's saying to you in the midst of them. Set your heart to do right and fulfill his purpose, and you'll find uh, his leadership to accomplish his purpose in you. So that's on a larger scale. Those are some things that we set our heart on. We set our heart on his purpose. We trust him in the midst of adversity. Um, and uh, we, we don't let circumstances rule. In the moment, though, daily... As we live our lives, God leads us in the flow of life as we see the opportunity and make the most of it. We, we can see this in Acts 3, 1 through 16. You can read this story uh, sometime if you get a chance. But Peter and John are going on with their normal routine. They're going to the temple to pray. 
That was normal for them. And they saw a need and they met it. And in meeting that need, the opportunity opened up to share the message, to fulfill their purpose in sharing the message of who Christ is. This is how the kingdom of God advances. This is one of the key ways that God uh, moves the kingdom forward. Uh, you can define the kingdom of God as the rule of Christ in the hearts of men and women. And the kingdom expands as more and more lives commit themselves to follow Christ. And this is how it moves forward. As we, the kingdom citizens, follow the king and represent him well, wherever we are, it begins to expand. And this means that we set our heart on doing what God wants. Not, not what we want in each situation. So he he's puts us where we are, we live where we are, to do what he wants us to do. So we're to look for the opportunity to do good and to share the message. This is what God wants. In the flow of life, he's going to give us opportunities. And simply put, if you want to, you know, sometimes we, we wonder, what does God want me to do in this situation? How does he want me to relate? Well, he wants you to look for the opportunity to do good and to look for opportunities to share the message with people of who Christ is. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. When you sign on to follow Christ, he, he put, he, you sign on, to be a part of his kingdom, and he puts you where you are. And it's interesting that Jesus described the kingdom of God in terms of a seed that's planted, in terms of yeast, in terms of salt. It's all, you know, a little salt goes a long way toward flavoring anything. Um, yeast, it's a little thing that begins to permeate the whole lump of dough. And a seed is a small thing that's planted that can grow to a large tree. So he puts us where we are, and he wants us to plant there and begin to, to be seeds that grow the right kind of fruit in the lives of people. He, he wants us to be seeds and plant seeds of, of good works in our family, with our friends, in our neighborhood, in our workplace, wherever we are. We, we do good. He wants us to do good. God is good. And so he wants his people to be doing good to represent him well. We do that by showing mercy instead of judgment, um, speaking the truth when we're tempted to lie, by serving even when it's not expected or when it's not deserved, by keeping our anger in, anger in check, by keeping our word, by being generous. We plant seeds. We are seed as we find ourselves in dis different situations. Interesting thing Jesus said. He, he said, one of the ways we do good is by not only greeting our friends and family, but by greeting our enemies. Just something as simple as a kind greeting can be a, a way to sow seed. Um, it's tempting, you know, if you're at work and you're, there's a person who either irritates you or you guys just don't see it eye to eye and they, they would rather pretend that you're, you don't exist. Um, it's tempting to walk by them just like they're a copy machine. Just sort of ignore them. Jesus says, don't do that. Give them the same kind greeting that you give other people. And as you do that, you're planting seed. You're being a seed out of which can grow 
uh, the right kind of things. It's tempting to treat pe- people like pieces of furniture at times, but we can, we can greet them and show kindness to them. It's an opportunity to do good and show others the goodness of God as, as we move through life, the daily routine of life. God wants us to look for opportunities. That's one simple way that we can do it. As you invest in others and as they see God's goodness through you, make the most of the opportunity to share the message. That's what Colossians 4 or 5 says. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. As you live your life, look for opportunities to show the message in the way you treat people and share the message. As you share it, we want to show it. And in, in that context, God works. One of the key ways to tend the field, God's put you in your family, he's put you in your neighborhood, at your work. To, that's a field. One of the ways the scripture looks at that is you're in a field, you're to be seed in that field, you're to cultivate it. One of the ways that we tend it is through prayer. Just ask God to begin to work. Ask him to help you to see ways to do good, to have the power to do good, to share the message. Meeting needs will open the door for the message that we have to share. So show the message and share the message. Here's some next steps on your connection card. On the back of it, there's some next steps. And on the bottom of your outline that you may want to take after listening to the message. Um, one of the next steps that you could take, we'd, we'd like you to check the back of your connection card if you decide to take one of these steps and just drop it in the offering when it comes by. Let us know that you're taking it. But one of the steps you could, you could take is to memorize Acts 20, 24. That's a passage that reminds me of my purpose, but my, work, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. When I, when I review that verse, when I hear that verse, it reminds me, this is what I'm all about. No matter what I want that day, this is what my life should be about. Another step you could take is to set your heart on God's purpose over your plans. Maybe you're even bitter and tied up about a dream or a plan that didn't, didn't work out for you. Let that go. Because no matter what is going on in your life right now, you can fulfill God's purpose. Whether your dream came true or not, God's dreams are good. And he will work in spite of the circumstances that are going on. And that's another step. Stop allowing circumstances to rule my life. That may be another step, or you might want to find an opportunity to do good this week, or pray for an open door to share God's message with someone. These are some steps we can take. We want to be in the habit of not just hearing the word, but we want to do it, because that's where the blessing is, Scripture says. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the truth we find in your word that really does set us free, gives us perspective and help uh, as we learn to adopt your values and live for the things that are important to you. Life comes alive. It has meaning and purpose. And we can experience the best kind of life that you intend for us, God. Pray that you'd help us to use the window of opportunity that you've given us in this life to, first of all, commit ourselves to follow you. Those who haven't, God, I pray that you would help things to make sense to them as they set out to follow you. 
God, I pray that you'd help those of us who have chosen to follow you to uh, continue to step out and bring honor and glory to you as we fulfill your purpose for our lives. Help us to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.